Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And boom, back again. We're back once again. Yes. Friday routine. Friday routine, yes. You had a physical. I did. I had to go get a uh, DOT, Department of Transportation, physical yeah. to return back to work. You got to get those every two years anyways. Right. You know, to carry a CDL and drive a big truck. Uh, mine wasn't expired yet, but being that I was off work for four months due to a medical reason. I get it. FedEx likes to cover you, cover their ass and make you go get another one before you return. Okay. It's, just so, it's so ridiculous. Like, so, first, you, I would assume that they would drug test, drug test you would be part of it. Yeah, you're coming off of time off. They didn't. No. They, they, you pee, you pee in a cup and they test for like blood in your urine, you know, salt. They didn't, you know, they put a little dipstick in there and they check yeah. for just different stuff. Not checking for drugs. Which is fine by me. I make sure they're all out of my system. Uh, it, and it's just so... It's kind of just hokey. They, <laughs> so I'm sure at some point in your life, you've had a hearing test, right? Yeah. To where you yeah, put, yeah, on, yeah, you put yeah, on like yeah. the earmuffs and 
and then yeah. you, you put your hand up, you ring yeah. the buzzer, and when you hear the tones, yeah, they do a hearing test. But you know what it consists of? What is like? So I'm in a, a doctor's office, right? So I'm in, right. the, in the in the room. <laughs> the girl says, "All right, stand in the corner like you're in timeout, face that wall." She steps out into the hallway and whispers a word, and then I have to repeat it to her. And then I turn and face the other wall, so I'm still in the corner, and I just turn 90 degrees. She steps out in the hallway, whispers a word, and then I repeat it to her. And that is the hearing test. Cool. All right. <laughs> very, very scientific. Function- well, you know what, though, man? I got to say that if you're arguing from a functional hearing standpoint, the odds of you standing in a corner and trying to listen to someone whispering in the hall outside are probably much higher than wearing a pair of 1970s fucking headphones uh, trying to hear and tell told which one that's coming out of. So, you know, just uh, from a completely ridiculous argument standpoint, they were, checking, which your, is fitting they were checking your ability to fucking eavesdrop is what they were doing. <laughs> which I guess could be good for an office environment. Yeah, man. If you can't eavesdrop, how are you going to play office politics? That's right. And then sometimes people say shit expecting you to be eavesdropping. Like, you know, so you got to be picking up messages that people are dropping through their gossip and stuff. So, oh, God. Yep. So, anyways. Anyways, I'm almost back to work. There you go. <laughs> so, any other, uh, uh, that was it, hearing tests? No, they do, you know, they do your blood pressure and your sight. And your heart rate, just you know, rest, oh, real shit. simple standard shit. <clears throat> same like eye chart, like oh yeah, same eye chart. We've all seen and done a million times. At first, I tried it without my glasses on, which I do pretty good without my glasses. Yeah, and my eyes aren't terrible. Right. Um, but then I put my glasses on. They make a difference. Yeah. They they definitely make a difference. Yeah. I mean, I can read like pretty much the smallest line they got with the glasses on. Huh. These fucking things are like binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like I, I I make the point conscious effort to like not wear them a lot. Yeah. So my eyes so it's not a crutch for my yeah. eyes, but no, and that's about it. You know, height, weight. Yeah. And the doctor comes in. I doctor in quotes. It's a, it's at a chiropractor's office. Okay. So you know this this chiropractor here in town. He's in, there's a few of them that work out of his office. Nice guy. I I, I like to bag on chiropractors a little bit, but they're smart because they if they get they got in the market of offering DOT physicals. Yeah. And they they can do our drug screens also. Yeah. And so they basically have a contract with FedEx. Yeah. You know, anytime, because we get random drug tests, so anytime a random drug test comes up, we call them and say, hey, I need to come in. Boom, they get you right in. Physical, like I called these guys yesterday, and I got I had an appointment in this morning. Yeah. Uh, first thing. And I'm sure they charge FedEx a nice sum for it. Yeah. So they got in the market of doing this just to bring in some extra income. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's really smart on their part. Like, I, I was thinking about it. Also, it brings new people in the door. So they can try to sell you on their yeah. chiropractic care, their it's massage true. care, you know, everything. So it gets new faces in the door. Yep. Plus, I bet you, I have no idea what they charge FedEx, but I'm sure it's not cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll bet, uh, if I, I would bet you'd be surprised. Like, they're probably giving FedEx a deal. Usually on stuff like that, that's what they do. Like, that's the deal. It's like, look, you're going to be sending me a bunch of business so I'm going to give Cut you discount. a discount so but it's still business they wouldn't no 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 no, no totally it's smart it is smart it, it's, it's really it's, smart yeah if, if you get a good you know it, it, as long as you're making sure because that's the thing too is uh, some people will be idiots and they won't pay attention to margins and they'll be like oh I'll do it for this much and you know 
can't do it. So, you know, like you got to make sure FedEx has to make sure that who they're dealing with can also uh, do it and isn't going like too cheap or whatever. But yeah, it's funny because there's a guy, there's a chiropractor, he has an office here in Fruta and it's a small little like office above the place that Z and I go get our haircut and he's never there. He's in town twice a week to do uh, DOT physicals. I've seen it. It's up yep. by that coffee shop. Yep. Right, yeah. out, right on the highway yep. out here in front of Jordan. Yeah. That's all he does. That's all he, I can't say that's all he, like, I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm sure he cracks a few bucks out of there. Um, but, uh, no, that's, he's only there like twice a week and then that place has been there forever. Like that yeah, is just sign out there. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, you're, I, I think you're right. Like if you can get one of those contracts and those, uh, DOT physicals seem to be a good, um, good avenue for some, some of those chiropractors to pursue. So and good for them, man. Make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it. And one step closer going back to work. You know, it's. It's a little depressing. It's good because I'd go back and make some money. Build yeah. the bank account back up for sure. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that part. But I've been off work for four months now. It's been pretty nice. <laughs> it's been nice. Yeah. I'm not a good influence on you that way either. So, no. it's, uh, so yeah. Well, we'll see. It, you know, it's weird though, man. It would be... You know, I can see myself one day trying to find a way, you know, so I don't have to suck from the man's teeth forever. Right. But it's such a huge mental shift and hurdle because I've been programmed this way. Dude, I've had a job since I've been fucking 15 years old. Yeah. Literally. I've, I mean, I had a little period here and there, but I've, in essence, been punching the clock for somebody else since about the age of 15. Yeah. And you just get used to that. Yeah. And to like to make a mental shift to live a life like you have, yeah, that's a big fucking hurdle, man. You know, I was really thinking about that today. I was out walking my dog, and I've been scrambling since I I've known I've had to go back to work for the past couple of weeks now. I kind of had a hard date, and once you have that hard date, you kind of get that sense of urgency. You're like, okay, I should get this done. Well, you know, you think all the things that are be much easier to get done while you're off work, right? right? You know, so one, you know, I finished painting my house. I got to take my dog in for a little operation and it'd be nice to do while I'm off because I can be there while he's recovering for it. Yeah. I had to take my vehicle in to get some service done. I'm doing that. You know, all these other things that like, it's going to be so much easier to do, you know, because once I get back to work, like I put in some hours and yeah. my time is limited. And so I start, I get this little sense of urgency. And so then I started thinking, I was like, well, shit, if, if you don't have that, if you're your own boss doing your own thing, like it'd be hard to get that sense of urgency, on a re- especially on a regular basis. Yeah. Once in a while, you can really bite a fire under your own ass to get some stuff done. Yeah. But to keep that up on a consistent basis, it's gotta be kind of tough. Yeah, you yeah. know, a lot of it's just finding motivation. I'll say it's the open me opening up the my new training facility has proved it's really interesting, man. Because like my motivation levels on a bunch of different things are. Uh, way higher so a lot of it comes down to you like you got to find things to motivate you like new problems to solve yeah new problems to solve new projects to you know look into or or whatever and but uh because yeah i was i'll admit man there's definitely periods where i feel a little bored and like all right i don't really have a whole lot of you know i just you know keeping the thing going i always obviously trying to grow what i have um, is you know something I'm trying to do, 
but at a certain point, just keeping the keeping the wheels greased and going like they are is uh, um, keeping yeah it, things are fine. So, uh, but yeah, finding that that motivation from projects and stuff. But that's where the whole you know follow your passion. It sounds cliche, and it's interesting because I don't necessarily agree with that. I think like figuring out like what unique blend of skills and insights and experiences that you have like there's something like you know you have this uh, a unique blend of all of these things that no one else on this planet has so you know what i mean like your perspective of this world is completely unique completely unique and so there there's there's some way there's something that you see there's some problem that you see you know there's there's uh um something that, that you know you see and you're able to do that's better than anyone else and a lot of it comes down to figuring out like what that is and then uh and then pursuing that so i gotta make sure that's not my kid trying to get it <laughs> is that z no oh oh did he no he's over next door playing Yeah, make sure my six-year-old isn't trying to get Lock in the front door. Yeah, he's over next door playing. So it just dawned on me. I thought it was just like the mailman ringing the doorbell, but then I'm like, wait a minute, Z's out there. I don't want him like thinking we left him. So actually, I should have known it wasn't Z because it only rang once. He was just, <laughs> just laying on the doorbell. Dude, I know, man. He'd be pounding on the door, <laughs> ringing the shit out of it. So. My bad, but uh, but anyways, man. So that's like, and, and then you know the like I was saying, like the idea is like continuing to you know pursue things and learn things that expand on that, and so like that's what a lot of like I look at my job as that is like it's my job to you know have a unique perspective uh, based on all the shit that I've been through, and then to figure out how I can use that perspective to help other people. And then, you know, if you help other people, then and you do it right, then usually, you know, there's a monetary reciprocation somewhere along the way. And uh, so that's the, that's kind of how I look at it. Hmm. But yeah, so I'm trying to get like, you know, Shiloh and like my, you know, my kids, like I want to, you know, get them to understand. It's like, dude, you got to, it's that unique perspective, experiences, you know, knowledge, like all of these things. So like, you know, instead of pursuing a career, like saying, okay, I'm going to get with this company because, you know, that's a good career. I know that I can work for them for 40 years and move my way up the ladder and, you know, get my retirement package and all that stuff at the end. So, so that's a career uh, or, you know, something along those lines, you know, versus like, Dude, I want to do that because that looks interesting. Like, I'm really curious about learning about that. That looks like a really cool experience. Like, I'd rather, like, pursue that and then, like, then find something else that looks cool. And, like, okay, yeah, you're not making a shit ton of money. You're barely getting by. You know, you're not working your way up the ladder. So, in, like, 10 years, the dude who started working his way up the ladder may be a little further ahead than you are. But, man, after 10 years of doing that shit, you're going to look around at the world and be like, huh. Like, I see some 
things that other people are missing. Just, you know, whatever it is, has led me to a way of seeing the world and like, I'm, other people are missing some things. And so, is there an opportunity for me in these insights? And so, that's where I think it lies. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. You should read it. Like, honestly, like, I think that that would be a good, like, you know, you're just talking about like that mindset shift that you have to have. And that's exactly what it is. And that, that book was, it's a quote from Steve Martin. And it was like one of the, you know, what's one of the secrets to your success? And it's like, you know, dude, like, if you're so good that they can't ignore you, you can't help but be successful. Put that in my notes right now. Good. Sure, keep talking. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's the idea, man. So good they can't ignore you. Like what, there, there's something that you can be so good at they can't ignore you and in that lies you know your opportunities for I don't know man it's 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 freedom to pursue interesting projects that help other people like that's at the core of it man it's always like it's not about the money it's about helping people and if you are looking at it like that then you know at least that's the way I, I try to look at it the money is a secondary thing you know, if you're doing a good job, the money will come. The money will come. So you'll find a way to monetize it somehow. Yeah. You're helping people. I guess you that. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And there's way interesting. You know, lots of ways to go about it. Like, you don't even necessarily have to, like, say you're good at something, and you know, like, you know, like Google for example. What does Google do? Like, they're a search engine, right? They don't charge for that though. They actually give away their main product offering for free. And then they have all these other things like Google Maps and Gmail, and they give a with a shit ton of stuff for free. Where do they make their money? They advertise it because they're collecting data. And so they're able to take that data and sell it to advertisers. And so they actually, you know, give away their core thing for free, but find a way to monetize something along the way. And so even that way, it's like maybe you're not necessarily making money directly off what you're good at doing, but there's some other way of I think that, that's awkward. part of the the difficult mind mind shift is, you know, when you're working for somebody else, it's a it's a one to one. You know, our your time is worth X dollars. Yeah. And so it's, it's a one to one ratio. You put in this much time, you get this much money. And when you're doing more of the entrepreneurial route, very rarely is it a one to one ratio. You know, you put, yeah. you put in time and effort here. If you're working for our trading dollars for hours you're doing it wrong right and if you're putting in time and effort here you may be making money over here yeah. they're connected yeah you it's know, about leveraging your time right. not trading your time not trading your time that's yeah 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 so that's the that's the secret man that that interview with uh naval or the Rapid fuck Cam? yeah yeah, yeah. dude that was like that was awesome like hey, I, dude I said, like i was literally 15 minutes into that interview and i was like i was like this is this is like James. <laughs> James got to listen to this dude. Right? Yeah, he's gonna fucking love this. Guy. I love the way that he kept putting like, man, you have like this this phone in your pocket allows you to leverage yourself to a degree that has never been available in the history of humankind, and like that is the mindset shift that people have to have. It's like leveraging your time. And I also liked how he put that the like you know his idea of where this is gonna go in the future is. That we're gonna go back to what we used to do, which is a you know we are basically specialists that come together with other specialists as a group for a specific mission, 
And then once that mission is accomplished, we disband, go back to doing what we're doing, and then maybe we go, get back together, we find another group that has another mission that we want to get in. So it's like, you know, for me, when I have a project, okay, I need someone to help me write copy. So instead of me writing it, I go and find someone who specializes in copywriting. I find someone who specializes in, you know, website stuff. And so the old school way was like having a, a, a corporation. I would hire someone. I would give you a yearly salary to do nothing but work for me and do this one thing. And you're not really able to pursue any other things. You're not able to expand what you're able to offer. You know, like when you're your own thing, it's like, yeah, okay, you're a graphic designer. Or you're a, you know, whatever it is. But if you decide that you want to like, dude, I like cooking and I want to get into cooking. And oh, wow, there's like some weird intersection of graphic design and cooking that I now can get into. Dude, if you took a job as a graphic designer at some corporation, like cooking is not a like that does, you can't expand your skill set in that direction in a in a way that helps you monetize it. You know what I mean? Like that's just you're and so and that's not really natural. That's not normal. Like people that's people's skill sets get crystallized that way because someone hires you says this is what you're gonna do for me forever. Crystallize your skill set, or if you're going to expand it, you have to expand it in this very specialized niche way that we're probably going to dictate because this is what we're looking for and you have to you know uh, satisfy that if you want to continue to work for us and you know 10 years down the road you're like fuck this shit i don't want to do this anymore like how many people do i know that went to college that hate what they're doing realize like fuck this isn't what i want to do but this is the only thing that i can make money at to pay these fucking college loans down and so but as soon as i'm done man i'm pursuing what i really want to do and it's like, well, you, it's really, if you could figure out how to merge what you're doing now with some other, like that's, it's not just take all your skill sets and just <laughs> throw them away because you hate it. Like, no, 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 no. Like you're. It's like, a slow transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. got chip away at it. Yeah. You're just one step at a time. You, you don't, don't hate that skill. You hate who you're working for right. for that skill. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That's right, man. That's right. So. Anyways. There you go. I know, dude. It's good. It's good that people are thinking that way. But I, I think that there's also a downside to it because, like, I think this idea that you can just learn to be an entrepreneur, you know, I'm going to go to school to be an entrepreneur. It's, I, don't, I don't believe that that's necessarily a, the pathway because, again, you shouldn't be trying to be an entrepreneur. You should be gaining interesting insights, experiences that allow you to have like you, an entrepreneur becoming an entrepreneur should become a, be an organic thing because you have something to offer that allows you that opportunity to become an entrepreneur you know you don't like I don't say I want to become an entrepreneur now you know let me figure out what I can offer and make money off of and that's that's kind of like you kind of put the cart before the horse yeah 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 it's like this thing you know they, they look at successful entrepreneurs and they say hey successful entrepreneurs have a b and c in common so if we put together a class and we taught 20 year olds a b and c we're going to turn them into entrepreneurs it's, it's this backwards reverse engineering thing i see it all the time now now that i realize you know you see that it's like okay successful people do a b c so I'm going to do A, B, and C and think I'm going to be successful. And it's like, ah, you know, we've talked about it before. It's no really successful people have a way of seeing the world that make A, B, and C the only obvious choice. And until you see the world that way, 
A, B, and C. Yeah, they're they're if, not going to equal D. Yeah, they don't equal D. It's not just a matter of doing A, B, and C with the same way of seeing the world. You have to see the world that makes A, B, and C a natural. And that, and that comes from experience and, and these things that, like, you're just not going to fucking have at 20 years old, man. Sorry. I remember I got asked once, and, you know, probably wasn't a coincidence it's only been once, to come <laughs> talk to the entrepreneur space that they have at the local college here at CMU. <laughs> the first thing I told them was, like, look, it's probably going to be 10 years till any of you have a good idea. Like, honestly, it's going to take you 10 years of, of, of bad ideas and failing until you finally have a good idea that's worth a business. And you could tell that that was not what they wanted, what to, they hear. wanted to hear. But it was funny. I had a professor, one of the teachers, you know, come up afterwards and tell me, like, man, I'm really glad you told them that. It was a great message because you just don't hear that from people. They all look at, you know, the, what they think are overnight successes without understanding that, like, you know, if you didn't put in 10 years, you're the super outlier and, and you probably put in like 10 years worth of fucking work in a very short amount of time to, or, or you're just fucking lucky, man. Sometimes people Sometimes are lucky, happens, man. Yeah, it happens. happens yeah. You can't recreate luck. And so, um, or, you know, it takes you that time. And, uh, and, but yeah, people, they go to school and they want to get that degree in entrepreneurship and they want to work for a startup and they just want to, you know, say all these fucking buzzwords, basically. And it's like, dude, you guys are just kids playing business. And you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And the sad thing is they're usually playing business with someone else's money. Some rich old dude who, like, you know, just wants to be around young people to feel energized or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, that's what happened with the whole Theranos thing. Yep. That's exactly what happened with that Theranos thing. They were playing fucking business with old people's money. They had them duped enough. They had them duped. And it wasn't until they started playing fucking business with people's lives that the whole thing fell apart. Right. And, but yeah, they were just playing business with other people's money, just pretending shit. And that's, there's a fucking shit ton of that out there. So, anyways. Anyways. Experience, people. You need it. It's just like jujitsu, man. Yeah, yeah, there's no shortcut. No, there's no shortcut. There's no shortcut. You're not going to go to jujitsu university and fucking come out with a black belt in four years. Like, it's just not gonna happen and again if there was like really like a fucking awesome super hyper you know anyways it just got me thinking like that'd be fucking awesome like some camp like send people to a fucking island for four years nothing else just structured jujitsu dude you come out fucking you killer for sure did nothing but four years I have have this feeling that's kind of what they do in like Dagestan where Khabib comes from right right (laughs) right nothing else it's called growing up (laughs) (laughs) growing up and your time is spent in this room beating the shit out of each other yeah what else are you gonna do what else are you gonna do yeah yep that's how you become but anyways yeah but like I said with Jiu Jitsu you come in and they tell you right off the bat 10 years my friend until you even start to fucking think you know what's going on then they give you a black belt. And then you realize and you, you start all fucking over. Thing. You start yep. all over again. Realizing yeah. you're not shit. Yep. Oh, I know. Yep. Yeah. But it's but it's good that you tell people that up front. You know? I think more people complete the journey because jujitsu's so upfront with that than would if it wasn't. You know, like so few people complete it as is. I, I guarantee that number would be even smaller if we had like the fucking mindset like mountain biking does where it's like oh dude if you're not kicking ass in three years and obviously you need a new gi you're doing it wrong yeah you're doing it wrong you need to go to this fucking camp and you know get some skills coaching and it's like dude no relax like you've been doing it for three years what does that make you like 
fucking three stripe blue belt and he best, did it best. Years, yeah. yeah, what are you expecting, man? Like you're still a dumbass. Mm. You know, like look, like trying to explain that to people in explain jujitsu terms it. and other sports, man. Yeah, they don't want to hear it. Like to those it. kids that I was trying to talk to, it's like, man, you guys are like a fucking one stripe white belt. You guys are doing the stupidest shit imaginable. It's it's hilarious. Like all y'all trying to barambolo fucking entrepreneurship and you're getting cross-faced and you don't know why. Because <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand, right? So just relax. <laughs> Speaking of jiu-jitsu, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in tonight and see if I can talk some people into drilling with me. Good. Drilling. Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, go got, ahead. I, got, I have a present for you. you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's that? Bob. What do you mean? You present for me? You know, Take borrow him. Bob. Yeah. Okay. I borrow Bob. Yeah. I don't. I was like, man, he'd be. You, you need to do, air quotes, jujitsu, because I know you know drilling on a dummy is not quite the same thing. But yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of it before, man. And it'll probably it'll help your not a hundred percent, but I think it'll help your sanity just a little bit. It'll help a little bit. If you have somebody can go out there and just do some arm bars on. Yeah. I guess I'm, I had, I got the drill idea in my head. To, that I can do tonight, like a flow drill that I can do safely with certain people. Yeah. It's not like I'm gonna grab some fucking spazzy white belt and be like, hey, we're gonna drill. That's just a recipe for my leg to get fucked up, but. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm going in. All right. Yeah, I got some shit for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was funny. I'm watching the Gordon Ryan DVD. I haven't watched any of that. Videos yet. and. Uh, the, the guard passing one? Yeah. First off, oh my God. It's so far from the Donaher stuff. It's like he is just vomiting information it, it is not like if you've seen the Donaher stuff which he does a very good job of creating systems and explaining principles uh and then you're you know this is kind of billed as the same thing and it's, dude it's just your usual like all right if they do this you do that and then if they do that you do this and then you find yourself in this position it's like oh my god dude my head's about to explode yeah, for the most part. There's principles sprinkled in. What's funny, because he's really good, right? But he's a, he's a really good example of someone who's really good and doesn't necessarily fully understand why he's so good. And so he's trying to coach it and explain it. But he doesn't really, he doesn't really deep. Not the same why. way like Donaher understands right. what he's teaching. And so uh, you got to pick the nuggets out. You got to do a, a little more digging yourself to you know, dig the nuggets out. Whereas Donaher does a little bit better job of saying like, here's the nuggets, buddy, put these away, you know, file them away. And so, uh, but there's definitely some good stuff there. But man, the other night I was actually, uh, um, I was doing, I like to fucking, uh, do like a hot soak and I'll, I'll do like get in the cold shower and get back and forth, you know, a couple times and uh, a little contrast training. And, and it's, uh, but um, so, but I'll, I'll play videos while I'm sitting in the in the hot water, and I was watching, and he was going through all this shit. I was like, oh, I'm doing that one to fucking Corey. It's <laughs> like, oh, I kill it. That one's good. You know, it's like all these positions, and I was like, I get in that position with this person all the time, and and it'll be those positions where I'm not quite sure exactly what to do, and then you know he'll show something and do something, and it's like, oh, well that. You know, that was it right there. And, uh, but it was funny, man. I had a whole list, man, of fucking people. I'm like, all right, this one's for fucking Randy. This one's for fucking Corey. This one's for Kiele. I got, oh, I got one for Thomas. 
It's like, yeah, I had like, <laughs> but it was funny. I was telling, coming out in Kiel, and that's how I was explaining it. So that's uh, you get to the point uh, when you've been training long enough, and you got a lot of solid training partners. To yeah, I, I do the same thing when I'm watching instructionals. Like, oh, it'd be really good for me to practice this. I'm, you know, whoever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this James would be perfect to practice this on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. That, I do that all the time. Oh, he'll be perfect to practice this on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I see positions, yeah. and it's like he may have gotten to it differently, like whatever. But all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, okay, I get there all the time with you know this person, and uh, this would be good to to yeah try. So didn't have anything for Armist Trey. Yeah, I did. He's kind of him and Corey got a uh, similarish game. Like yeah, there's a yeah, there's aspects. Just just, just like they neither one, like both of them will fucking fight like hell to not get put on their backs and really fucking good top pressure, really hard to sweep. So just kind of some similar uh, thing. So both of them, I will get close to sweeping, and um, it's hard to keep them down and pin. And so yeah, that transition, I'll usually lose something and they'll at least get up to turtle. And then again, like both of them are, you know, pretty good at, at getting back to where they want to be from turtle. Like they're fucking strong motherfuckers. They just grab one of your legs and just start pulling and pushing. <laughs> and it's like, ah! <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> fucking training partners is funny. We got a, a Festivus episode coming up. We're going to have an airing of grievances. Yes. <laughs> we are, I'm going to start putting that list together now. It'll be a long time coming. We'll That's right. Come December. Yep. Come the holiday season. <laughs> airing of grievances episode. We've got some problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about them. <laughs> yes. So. Festivus episode. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, man. All right. What else you got? You got some notes over there. I got some notes over here. You've been more prepared than I. Ah, a little bit. Oh, mace runs. Mace runs are back. We had Tuesday morning, had the inaugural Snooks Bottom Mace Run Club nice. meeting. So me and uh, Dr. Nick and uh, Brandon. Fucking Our uh, blacksmith buddy. Our blacksmith buddy, yep. Uh, hopefully, he's, hopefully he's working on my mace. Yeah, hopefully, man. That thing's badass, man. Sweet. But uh, yeah, he showed up. And yeah, we went and jogged around Snook's Bottom, and there's a lot of stuff to do around there. We, we, we checked off all the boxes from the old Mace Run, including the Strength Stones and all of it. Uh, even had hill sprints, nice. so we got to add something to it. Uh, but yeah, we got to figure out a spear throwing uh, station or, <laughs> or, or you know something. So that's, that was the only thing that we weren't able to fully recreate or, you know, the skill sets. Did that you we have were like a hanging off. station? Because we, uh, yep. we had that like the one arm hang. Dude, big tree. big dead tree, man. Like the branch is huge. So you're like, ah, like yeah, it's not yeah, a branch. Nice. You're like trying to hang on to jugs. Nice. Like you're climbing jugs or whatever. And uh, yeah, that was uh, good. We made the mistake of wandering too far into the woods and the mosquitoes Did lit the, us. The mosquitoes are uh, bad because we had so much moisture here this year. Yeah. Just even I'm walking around my neighborhood in the evening with my dog. Yeah. Just even the past couple of days I've noticed it. Yeah. Like, I've been getting fucking eaten up. Yeah, we got tore up. So yeah. we had to run the fuck out of the woods real quick and uh, keep going around. And yeah, we ended with a little swim, just jumped in the water. Nice. And man, it felt good. You know, we did like uh, five dances of death things on each side just to get warmed up and then uh yeah jumped in the water and swam around for a bit so nice. it was awesome 
Yeah, I'm. I'm super pumped. I don't think I can give. I gotta check with my PT. I don't think I'm supposed to be back swimming yet. Swimming? No, not yet. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. I gotta look. Huh? I might be able to. Hey, I'm. You know, I gotta look at my sheet and talk to my PT. They might even release me on swimming by now. Yeah. I've been yeah. being careful, man. I don't wanna fuck this thing up. Yeah, usually. I'm pretty sure I'm not back to running yet. Yeah. I almost guarantee that. Yeah, probably not with a mace either. No. I haven't had a good idea. No, man. Yeah, dude, we had all of the box jumps. It was funny, too. We were, I was asking Nick. We're about three quarters of the way around. And I was like, man, what have we not done from the old uh, mace run? And he's like, oh, the heavy stones. I was like, yeah, strength stones. And right then, I look over on the side, and there's these big fucking boulders that have fallen down, and they're like perfect strength stones. And uh, the max one the big one that we found dude it is heavy is it way heavier than the other one because that other one i was able to get over my head once or twice i remember i could at least get it up to here dude this thing's like a fucking max effort deadlift is it? yeah nick almost passed out lifting <laughs> 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 yeah dude brandon was barely able to crack it off the off the ground like it was uh it's heavy that's funny so but it's good but you know again it's it's not heavy as much as it is awkward oh, as yeah. fuck and dense and so yeah but that's that's functional training like what we did tuesday was functional training we're running we're jumping we're throwing shit we're swimming sprinting swinging maces around just fucking whatever you were just making shit up it's so much fun i forgot how, much how come you never got your buddy nick to try jiu-jitsu or has he tried it he hasn't tried it he's uh um just, I know he's a busy dude. Yeah, right? I think it's more just a time thing. Kids and, running the practice. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and he was, uh, you know, just real knowing that it takes time to get good at it. So I've been secretly training him this whole time. If he ever started jujitsu, he'd be definitely ahead of the curve because he knows how to shrimp and move on the ground. Because I mean, that's just good. I call it like groundwork. You know, again, like that was one of my insights from jujitsu, just from like training overall is how important groundwork is like laying on the ground and being able to move and navigate manipulate and control your body on the ground and it's not the same thing as standing up and so like you have to have specific groundwork in your program and you know like turkish get-ups probably the most popular example of groundwork but the, the people throw in their program without probably realizing they call it core work or whatever without really you know categorizing it uh, properly in my opinion but um yeah jujitsu shit man that we do shrimp in the knees fucking there's just so many good moves that we do a lot of the uh yeah some of the stuff we do in the grumpy guy class like even like you know the the, the russian squat sequence i mean i kind of i'd call that groundwork mm-hmm. yeah you're coming up to your squat but then from there you're dropping a knee to the ground and like from that point on like as soon as you got one knee down it's a different uh, story like you moving and manipulating your body in space becomes a different story so it's uh yeah it's good shit but yeah he'll be ahead of the curve so what the fuck I got here man I got uh oh yeah this is funny um so we went over to Durango took mm-hmm. a just a day trip we drove over Red Mountain Pass on the way there and uh beautiful That's a crazy path it's so beautiful God, it's so beautiful man it's insane you're going over like three peaks that go over yeah. 10,000 feet and one of them's at like just under 11,000 feet and uh yeah we stopped in Silverton that's a trippy place man I remember that from when I was uh you know I say kid but you know teenager 
we did the Durango to Silverton. I was uh, living in California with my parents, or my, you know, mom and stepdad, and we'd come out here to visit his family. And I remember doing that train ride, and you know, just being tripped out. Like Silverton's a trippy town, man. Just up in this insane uh, setting, up at like you know, what's the elevation hey, up there, man? Like ten thousand Silverton. It's, a, it's up there. Yeah, and uh, and then. It's mostly dirt roads. I think the main road is paved now, but everything else is just dirt roads. And they definitely keep their old west vibe going. And so uh, it's a cool, it's a cool little town. And I've actually ridden bikes back there at the Silverton Ski Resort. Have you? Yeah, they used to open it up. And I went as the last, the first year I moved here was the last year they'd open it up. And, um, have you skied back there? I mean, uh, are, are, are nah, you're, you're familiar I've been, with... I've been back there. I haven't skied. I haven't yeah, skied but you're familiar with the reputation. Right. Yeah. It's fucking gnarly, gnarly, gnarly skiing. And yeah. it's, it's steep as fuck. It's raw. There is no ski resort. Right. It's just a, a single chair, old school, so it doesn't decouple as it comes around. and It's coming just at fast. you at speed. Yeah. And um, so we would have to have our bikes, man. We were sitting there standing on the, the, the <laughs> platform holding our bikes up because what you had Pretty to do was sit down yeah. and then... There was a crossbar over your head, and you had you know hang the seat of your bike on that crossbar, and so yeah, you got this fucking chair bearing down on you, and it's like oh shit, and you know get on there, and that was like the sketchiest part of it, and then you get up at the top, and it's over uh, what's tree line eleven tree line is roughly ten <laughs> ten thousand yeah, yeah I forget, but yeah you're up above tree line I mean there's just it's that Mars scape where there's just nothing yeah 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 i mean you know there's grass and, and shit around but there's no trees like think nothing very big can live because you're above the oxygen is just too thin and i'm up here riding fucking bikes and yeah it was a and then that was a surreal scene up there and uh that was pretty cool but anyway silverton's a fucking nice spot and then we got down to durango but durango's a cool place durango's a cool place man yeah. it's a it's a it's a hip little town yeah i would call it so probably a good, good way to explain it hip yeah little town. hip little town yeah definitely good tourist uh trade going on with the durango silverton train and uh we went to the museum at the train station and it was super interesting like they had all sorts of you know some trains in there that had been restored and all sorts of cool artifacts from just the old mining days and all that stuff and uh but there is a, a CrossFit gym uh, near where we parked having their workout. And I'm like, I'm watching these people, man, and they're, you know, running around the block, which is pretty common for CrossFit gyms. But this being a Colorado mountain town, you know, the block happened to have a pretty good incline. So they're running up and down uh, sidewalks. And not only that, some of them are carrying dumbbells. And I'm like, oh my god, dude, this can not be good for your knees, man. Like, I'm not trying to be a pussy. Like, I'm running, running downhill, downhill on concrete with weights is not is not a healthy thing. It's not, you know, there's, that's not a long term strategy for no. knee health. No, it's not. And so, and then I walk around the corner and I see inside the the other part of the workout consists of big box step ups. And so I'm like, you know how they like to name their workout, especially after, you know, girls. So I'm like, right. this must be the Tanya Harding workout. This is going <laughs> to fuck your knees up. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is like, 
like, you know, I'm watching and the boxes are too tall for some of these people. So I'm like, there's two things that are just not great for your knees and you've managed to pair them up. So I don't, I don't downhill running with dumbbells is just fucking terrible. Yeah, that's not a good not a good idea. It just even running downhill on period. concrete it's, period it's not is a, not it's hard on your joint. Yeah. You need to wait into it. Yeah. Dude. Not, not smart. Yeah, running on uh sidewalks and streets and shit, man, it's not normal. I mean people don't realize like I do because I've bounced off of asphalt and dirt and even rocks and like dirt and rocks definitely absorb and bounce better than asphalt and concrete, (laughs) man. Like that shit absorbs nothing. Nothing. It reflects. And so it's not the same thing. And so like, you know, running on trail and having downhill sections is fine. But yeah, man, when you're running on asphalt and concrete and, uh, but it's just, you know, one of these things that I'm like, man, we've come a long way at CrossFit. We've come a long way, but every once in a while, this shit just rears its ugly head. And, uh, and of course you've just got everyone doing it. So, you know, the, I guess the way you scaled it was whether you carried a dumbbell or not. (laughs) So anyways, um, but anyways, I, I thought it was, uh, it was funny. The fuck your knees workout. Yeah, it is the Tanya Hardy. Nancy Kerrigan workout, whatever. Yes. And then that got me thinking about that fake KT tape that they made. The kinesiology tape? Yes. Did you see a bunch of people with that shit? I saw that. And then I have some that I got in my BJJ box. And I'm telling Kiel, like, I don't even know what to do with this shit. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? I've I've been taped up with it before. It doesn't fucking do anything. So, like, yeah. It doesn't doesn't fucking do anything. I mean, my tape... It provides a... A very very minimal level of support to a right. joint that's bot the joint that's aching or something. Yeah. Very minimal. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a fucking gimmick. No, I th- I think what it's you know my take on it um, was that uh, well one if you're if it's the fucking Olympics and this shit only comes around once every four years and you got a shoulder that's like bugging you a little bit and it gives and, you a little and, bit and it of gives relief. you yeah I mean there's there's definitely a time and a place for that right. stuff. It's right. like Advil, right. right? It's like, dude, if you need to fucking pop an Advil to get out there and perform because today's the fucking day, do it. do it. But if you need to pop an Advil every time you train, something's wrong. We're going about this wrong, right? And so, uh, yeah, it just got me thinking, like, what am I supposed to do with this shit? Like, and because I had just seen that workout, I was like, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, t- tape up my patella tendon before I do the fuck your knees workout? <laughs> like, you know, if my knees are hurting... Figure out why my knees are hurting and fix it. Don't fix just keep it. taping up your fucking knees. And doing the same thing. And doing the same thing and just training. Yeah. So it's like, on some level, like, yeah, like the, the idea of recreational KT tape is uh, hilarious. It's and a little it, ridiculous. It's, it's not a little ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I think you hit it right on the head. That's Yeah, if you're a competitive athlete, it's game day, and you do got a nagging joint, get after it, and that's fine. But yeah, for your average everyday person just working out to be healthier, what are you doing? Yeah, you don't need that. You don't need that. No, man. Hey, if you got a joint that's bothering you enough to where you think you need some tape for it, guess what? Rest it. Rest it or back don't, off the intensity. Back, 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 or, yeah, rest that joint. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, don't hit that joint with as much intensity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the, it's like, doctor, doctor, it hurts when I raise my arm over my head. Well, 
Don't raise your arm over your head. head. Sure, you don't want to just give it a shot and a pop a pill and throw some tape on it? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Just stop raising your arm over your head. That might be the, the answer. So, anyways, that was my my little fucking CrossFit KT tape rant. That's a good rant. Yeah, I thought so. What else I got here? Oh, I got my, uh, I told you the story, but mm-hmm. I got to give a shout out to my wife. And uh, the social justice warrior chick that was screaming at me. Oh, yes. Yes. So, yeah, just real. Uh, uh, my wife and I went for a bike ride. And if you're not a mountain biker, there's a couple basic rules of the trail that you know maybe you don't know. Right? One of them is uphill rider has a right of way. It's a lot easier for someone coming downhill to stop, move over, let the uphill rider continue their momentum, and then get back and keep going down. And... Uh, and another one is you try to keep single track single. Like you don't ride off trail because sometimes those, like that's how trails get wide and then you start to ruin the, the trail. And so two basic things. And so we're riding up and we come across someone who just for whatever reason didn't want to pay attention to those You guys are going rules. up there. Yeah, we're going uphill and uh, the um, person... Uh, in front of it, it was a couple, it was a guy and a girl, and the guy stopped, and I'm, you know, riding up, and the girl was in the back, and she screams, like, keep going, and she, like, blasts off trail, like, like, 10 feet off the side, like, totally cuts a corner off the trail, and I'm like, yo, man, that's not good for the trails, and, and for, again, if you're not from around here, maybe you don't know, but, like, the, the soil around here is pretty sensitive, it's desert. And so we have this shit called cryptobiotic organisms that grow in the dirt and it takes a long time. And they're basically what holds the dirt down. They're, they're the answer to the, the um, erosion. Yeah, erosion, like the top layer, you know, grass, you know, fills out that role. And so, so when you go plowing across this stuff, it doesn't come back very quickly. Like that track stays. And so it's really not good for the trails to ride off trail. And so I'm like, yeah, what the hell? And you know, there dude sitting there just smiling, a nervous little smile. And I'm just like, come on, dude, like this isn't cool. We can do better than that. So we finished riding up, we turn around, we come back down. And uh, the, you know, we get to the bottom, of course, they're there. The, the people that had passed us on, they were coming down while we were going up and they're still in the parking lot. And so I pull up in the parking lot and Kelly was a little bit behind me. And so uh, I'm by myself and I've got Aka with me. And man, this chick has this aggressive little dog off leash. And this dog comes running up to Aka trying to pick a fight. And Aka's like, you know, what are you doing? Like, get out of here. I, I just re- refusing to return the aggression. And she's screaming at the dog, get over here, blah, blah, blah. And, Finally, the dog gets over there. And so I'm like, all right, take a deep breath. I'm like real calm about it. Because I thought about it a little bit on the way down. It's like, okay, how am I going to handle this if I do happen to come across them? Because I, I feel it's important to say something. But I don't want to do it in a way that, that you know, leaves it open to, to I don't know. There's, there's, a, there's, right, and a, yeah, there's right. right and wrong way to handle it. And as soon as ego and emotion and all of those things start getting involved, then it just becomes a matter of opinion and a matter of, bullshit and so it's like all right, how do I just keep this cool and so that's I was like all right I had an idea so I said hey I you know don't know if you know but 
riding off trail like that's really bad for our uh, for the trails. You know, those, those that track will stay there. And she's like, well, I was just trying to keep my dogs moving. And so, you know, I'm, in hindsight, it dawned on me. I'm like, okay, so you have an aggressive dog off leash, which is illegal. And, and that's your justification for riding off trail and not yielding right of way to the riders that had it. It's like... Because you have an aggressive dog. Yes. Yeah. Like this is like really entitled bullshit is what it was. And so, uh, which unfortunately mountain biking is finding, you know, more and more of, you know, entitled, uh, riders, um, getting into it. And so I was like, you know, I hear you, but it's still not good. And I was like, and you know, as well, like, you know, we were coming uphill and she starts freaking out on me, starts screaming at me to, you know, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Stop yelling at me. You know, and I'm like, man, I'm not yelling. I'm not, you know, I didn't say that. I'm just, you know, she's just freaking out. And I was like, look, I'm just trying to help. Maybe you're new to mountain biking. And you don't know. Uphill rider has a ride away. And she's all disgusted looking. And she's like, I've been riding for 10 years. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. You know, well, you know, maybe you're not from around here. So maybe you don't know that the soil is really sensitive. And when you do that, it's really bad for the trail. So, you know, next time you're visiting, maybe you'll just keep that in mind and everything will be cool. And she's like, again, looking all disgusted. And she's like, I'm not visiting. I'm from around here. And I was like, man, I don't see how you can be a local acting like this. And all of a sudden, she just shut up. And uh, I realized Kelly pulled into the parking lot. And if you know, if you haven't seen my wife, um, she's a fucking specimen. <laughs> like she, um, yeah, she's, she's hot and well-built. And she's got a fucking sweet hairdo that accentuates the the whole badass, um, you know, fucking look. And so it's like, yeah, it's like shaved, and she's got like samurai top knot thing. <laughs> and so yeah, she had pulled up and taken her helmet off and pulled her hair up and her you know her top knot ponytail and was standing there like staring at the chick. And she said like the girl looked at her and then just looked down and turned around and that girl didn't say nothing. The rest is like, shut up. Her attitude changed 180 degrees. And it was funny because I didn't realize exactly what had happened. Like, I was like, you know, I expected when I said that for things to escalate. Like, I, I couldn't stop myself. It just came <laughs> out. I was like, because I don't see how you can be a local acting like that. And I was like, I was ready for her to just freak the fuck out. And so I was like, wow, that was a really good one-liner to shut her up like that. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, it wasn't until we were driving off that Keely's like, yeah, I pulled up and I saw you guys arguing. And then all of a sudden she just stopped talking and turned around. And, and I was like, oh, you intimidated the hell out of her. Like she realized it wasn't just some dude that she could scream at because there was no, I can't do anything right. to her. And her dude's hiding behind their truck, you know, not saying she shit. She didn't come out in all this. He, he was fucking hid behind the truck and didn't say nothing. What a didn't say pussy. nothing. Yeah. Just had his nervous little smile, like just hoping he doesn't get involved. And, uh, because he probably seen you, he's like, dude, she's going to get my ass whooped. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think so. And then, uh, yeah. And then the fucking second half of the power couple pulls up and the girl realizes like, oh shit, I'm going to get my ass kicked too. And, uh, just shut the fuck up. And it was so awesome, man. But yeah, it was one of those scenes where I'm just like, what is the deal? Like, you know, so you're a girl, you're a little overweight, 
So you're like the intersection of two underprivileged groups. So that gives you the right to do whatever the fuck you want out here and then scream at anyone who points out that like, hey, you know, this isn't how we act as mountain bikers. And yeah, it was like, it was aggressive entitlement. Well, and even from, so I look at it from a dog owner standpoint because I, I've, like my, I own dog that's dog aggressive. And I, I've owned a couple of dogs. I've rescued pit bulls that are dog aggressive. Yeah. And you have to be a responsible owner. And if you have an aggressive dog to where you have to break rules so your dog doesn't get into a conflict with another dog, you know what? Either your dog doesn't go out and fuck with fucking public or you put him on a goddamn leash. Right. Simple, leash si- simple as that. Yeah. Dude, like my, dude I very rarely do I like take my dogs out to a trail because yeah. there's so many dogs that are off leash. And even if I have my dogs on a leash controlled at my side, I mean, because they listen good, I'll get dogs come charging up to me all the time. And the common thing I always hear is, oh, they're no worries, friendly. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. My dog's not. As you see, I have my dog on a leash under control. Yeah. You don't have your dog under control. So if shit goes south here, who's fucking, you know, who's going to be at fault? Of course, I'm going to look like the asshole because my dog's aggressive. Right. It's going to start attacking your dog, but I... I'm following all the rules. You're not following the rules. Yeah. And that's uh, that's where it gets my blood boiling. It's like, if you have an aggressive dog, control that motherfucker. Yeah. Like, don't take him out in public. Yeah. Especially off leash. Like, just, you have to, I mean, it sucks, dude. I would love to have a dog like Aka to where I could go out hiking and that dog is, he, dude, he's not going to hurt a goddamn fly. Uh-uh. And he listens good. Maybe fly. He likes to fly. Right. <laughs> I know what I mean. I know what you mean. Dude, I would love to have a dog like that. Sometimes you don't get that lucky roll of the dice. Yeah. Sometimes dogs don't come out like that. I had one that was non-dog aggressive and about, like, it was a, a boxer, a female, and about like, you know, halfway through, you know, she got to be about four or five years old and she just decided she was tired of dealing with fucking uh, other dogs. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't 100%. It was, you know, a little bit of a roll of the dice and we knew it was usually other females and like really hyper other females and so there was a type but it was like once i realized like oh shit she's a loaded gun that i don't really know when she's gonna go off like we had to treat her completely different yeah you just you don't get to do this those same things yeah how to keep her on a leash be really hyper vigilant if she was off and that was just part of being a good dog owner and then you see so much of that bad dog owners dude yeah but from sounds of that lady She's just a bad dog she, owner. She's very bad dog owner. Yeah. And that was the like the beginning of it. Yes. Well, that's what that's what was uh actually um rewinding like about halfway up, we had heard what sounded like a little bit of a dog scrap. Yeah. And then Aka came running back and I look up and I I could see some like dog like I saw one person and he had some dogs and he was riding up and they were pretty far away and I was like man I don't see how Akka ran into those dogs and caused a problem and then ran back it was weird and then I realized like oh that's not what happened he was going up and they were coming down or no they were he was coming down and they were going up that's what it was and then because we ran into that dude on the way down and I was ready for like his dogs to maybe be a little aggressive and they were cool it was like okay well that was weird and then I realized like later on because she had said something about like, I, you know, I don't need you to yell at me too or something like that. And it was like, Oh, you came across that dude. Your dog got super aggressive in a fight and he said something to you about it and you got all belligerent and pissed off 
and was just like in a belligerent, pissed off mood too. It's like, like man, you, you fucked up. Like in instead of getting aggressive, like just admit you fucked, fucked up, up, man. Well, dude, I, man, just thinking about it gets my blood boiling because I've had several of those instances I've had to deal with since living out here. And it is. It's usually some fucking asshole who's got a littler dog. Yeah. So when I say littler dog, like, south of 30 pounds. Yeah. So where if they're aggressive, the chance of them doing much damage is pretty limited. I mean, right. they're... they're 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 not they're not people aggressive. But they're dog aggressive. They're dog aggressive, but they're small enough that they don't really do a whole lot of harm. Correct. In doing it. But is what and, and so in, the, in people's minds they're like, well, they're fine. So it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. They're not gonna hurt. They're but not gonna hurt anybody. You take a dog oxygen. What well, this dog's 60, 70 pounds. Yeah. And if he was aggressive, and a little you're not if he was aggressive, but if he just protected himself. Yeah. And a little dog came after him. Like he's gonna he's gonna kill that little dog. Yeah. And then you're gonna look like the fucking asshole. Yeah. As a dude, oh, I get so fucking mad. No, I know, man. I, I hate fucking bad dog yeah. owners, man. Because there's leash laws here, but the law says that if you have your dog under voice control, he can be off. And then people, you know, one they see good dogs like Aka off leash, and and they're like, what? Well, you know, I, I want to do that too. I see right. myself as being able to go out on a hike and let my dogs run around off leash. And, and then they interpret like voice control as he's not going to attack a person. Right. He's not going to come back. He's not going to get out of the way. He's maybe aggressive with other dogs, yeah. but he's not going to just outright attack a person. And so that qualifies as voice control and he can be off leash. And it's just, yeah, it's insanity, man. Yeah, that shit, dude, that shit gets yeah. my fucking blood pressure up. That's yeah. why I, I hate riding at uh, Lunch Loops. Lunch Loops is the worst. Yeah. They're in Junction because they got those fucking neighborhoods right around the trailhead and you just end up with dipshits and their dogs just yeah. all over the place. So, uh... That's, but, you know, that's why they... Even though my dog is really well behaved on leash, like, he stays by my side. And he, he doesn't go, like, he doesn't see a dog and just fucking turn into fucking killer destructo. Yeah. Like he doesn't fight. He doesn't really care. But if a dog comes charging up to him, like a loose dog does a lot of times, yeah, that sends his bells off. Like, oh, this dog's charging at me. Are we gonna scrap? Yeah. That's a dude. I, I just can't take him hiking anymore because there's so many fucking assholes out there with loose dogs that can't control them. Yeah. And then you just get charged on a regular basis, and it's just it's so frustrating to me because I would love to go take him out on a hike. Mm-hmm. You, you know, on leash. I don't care if he's on leash. I'll keep him on a leash. Yeah, but there's so many fucking irresponsible dog owners. Yeah, out there, those man. dogs just, are just running around. Just and... run, no zero control. Yeah, yeah, we saw yeah. one at the uh, dude Snooks Bottom yesterday, man. Some lady had her dog off leash, and the yeah. dog was like getting aggressive with another dog that was on leash and like wouldn't leave him alone, and and she's like 25 feet away yelling at the dog while the dog is like continuing to harass this other dog on the leash, and the guy's trying to like separate him and get him away, and it's like. Like, this is insanity. Like this chick has zero control or knowledge of how to control this dog. Yep. But you can't say anything. Like it's just it's uh yeah, it is. Like, it gives other dog owners a bad it gives dog like Aka a bad name. Like that's the thing that drives me nuts, is like, you know, I like people are used to dogs running up and, and doing stupid shit. And so like I've had to teach Aka, like, man, you just leave everyone alone. Leave everyone alone. Leave dogs alone. And so he's almost a little like, you know, it's funny. He's rude sometimes because people, he'll be running by him. People will be like, you know, oh, hey. He takes a wide berth. He just fucking goes around and he's like, man, I just, you know, I just, I'm doing my thing. 
So and he'll like run up to dogs sometimes. That's the I try to get him to not bum rush other dogs, but yeah, because I mean, if a dog is slightly defensive, yeah, and he gets bum rushed. Yeah, that's what sets my dog off. Yeah, 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 exactly. My dog don't care. Like if you and I are walking down the street <clears> and you got Ock on a leash, we can literally like walk right beside each other. Yeah, and he's not gonna give a fuck. But when a dog comes running at him fast, yeah, dude, that turns him into like defense mode. Yeah. Oh, I got scrapped. Like this yeah. dog's charging at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so a, that's I, it's bad. I keep him from doing that, and you know, if he does run up, it's like you know, the he just keeps running on. It's like, oh, you're cool, or. You know, if the dog starts to growl, he's like, I'm fucking out of here. It's like, he's just checking it out and moving on. He's not, he doesn't, like, he's not actually trying to engage with the dog. He's just, like, fucking checking it out as he's running by kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, but you can see, man, people are not used to that. And you can see them, like, start to get, like, oh, shit, is your, you know, is your dog going to run up and start some shit with my dog? And, and it's like, Arca's like, I don't give a fuck about you or your dog. So... It makes me look like a genius, man. <laughs> if I knew how to train dogs like this, I'd bottle it and be a fucking millionaire. You could be. I could be, be man. Next season, Milan. Yeah, dude. Hey, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dog whisperer. Dog whisperer. Really you know? What the dog saw, man. That's a good. That's Malcolm, where that whole thing. Malcolm Gladwell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The book. It was actually a collection of uh, articles that he had written. Like that was the most popular one. There were other ones in there, but yeah, that was it. Was an expose on the the dog whisperer. And how he gained his insights from marriage counseling. You know, it's not what you think you're saying. It's what they see. And you got to shape, try and shape things. You know, and again, it's an interesting thing because on some level, people's reality is like their interpretation. So that's where the, the, the yin and the yang, I guess, like working together on things comes in with other people. You know, because it's like, yeah, I have to be conscious of how my actions come across to Kiele. But by the same token, you know, and, and this is why I think we do a good job. She does this with me and I do this with her. We have to be conscious of like us interpreting things um, in a way that's not necessarily the best way or healthy or real. And so, you know, if both parties are working on that. If you're trying to be cognizant of how you're coming across and they're being cognizant of how they're interpreting things, then... Uh, it works, um, but that's the hard part: is finding people, two people who are willing to do that, do that yeah. um, honestly. So, um, but anyways, it is. I don't know. I think that's, that's a fucking secret to any good relationship. I think. So I try to be cognizant of how I come across to you. I want to make sure that when I insult you, it really hurts. <laughs> 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 I'm glad that's how you channel it. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. when I think of a good one, it's it's special. That's like, Ooh, that's gonna really fucking dig it, Rob. Make him insecure about something. It doesn't, <laughs> take, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. That's right, man. That's funny. That's right. So, all right. Well, there's my that's my list, dude. That's all I got. So sweet. I know. Into today's topic, Into which today's I already think topic. we brought up. No. It's, yeah, like my thought last night was, uh, you know, we had, we've talked about recovery before, but we've been doing this long enough to where from the time that we talked about it last time to now, you know, there's some things like I know you did your whole freeze and squeeze uh, thing with your past two months. Yeah, with, with the, the cryo and stuff. And, um, you know, I've you know, banded stretching and, you know, there's just definitely some, some things that we could, uh, expand on and some dead horses. I'm sure we can beat on a little bit. And, uh, yeah. 
And I got a good uh, example, you know, just this past week. So, you know, I've been, I work out as hard as I can, you know, because I can't train. Right. So all my effort goes into rehab and just strength training in my garage. And, uh, like, I hit my legs hard, you know, fucking con- every day, dude. I'm doing some sort of squat variation of sorts, you know, some sort of hamstring, you know, some sort of hinge. And I got to the point, I think it was, what's the taste Friday, right? So, yeah, it was Wednesday. Like, I had pushed my hamstrings hard enough Wednesday that I, like, almost felt like I pulled a hamstring. Like, it was pretty close. I was like, all right, I got to be smart about this. <laughs> I just done one too many deadlifts, one too many Indian club swings, one too many stiff-legged deadlifts. Because I do a bunch of shit every day. Yeah. I got to get these fucking legs strong. And so, you know, I think, one, I'm still doing cryo, so that helps. And I know cryotherapy, yeah, I think it's beneficial, but it's not cheap. No, yeah. And so so your experience, I mean, just to kind of like, you, 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 you basically bought the membership, and you've been going in how many times a week? Um, I would say on average four times a week. Four times a week, yeah. Yeah, so. And I, I do, because I always do the cryo. And then I do the compression, the Normatec. You know, I always do the arms. I like the arms and the shoulders and the legs. Yeah. They're my two favorites. Sometimes I do the hips also. And they do help. But I think the catch is, one, cryotherapy is not available to everybody. And two, even if it is in your city where you're at, shit's not cheap. Mm-mm. It's not fucking cheap. Yeah. And so the cost, of, I did it for the past two months just because, you know, my whole focus was to rehab my knee get my legs as strong as possible so it allowed me to train pretty hard with my legs and I think I made some good progress is it beneficial enough to where I'm going to re-up my membership you know because I think mine expires here in a couple days and am I, am I going to spend another 150 bucks for the month no I'm not it's, it's, like you say I mean that's even then cut me a deal you know at 150 a month yeah I mean I, th- I think it's one of those things you do it once in a while you got to Competition coming up, you want to train real hard, or you got an injury, a surgery like like I'm dealing with. Yes, but just on your day in day out training recovery protocol, unless you got a lot of extra loot to burn, I don't see it being super beneficial. Yeah, so I mean overall, like it, it was beneficial. You notice yep. the difference. Yep. And so at a certain point, it comes down to like cost to benefit, cost to benefit ratio. ratio. Yep. Like obviously, if you've got a lot of and for me, it's like time, time yep. to, to to benefit because the um, cryo place is, I mean, fucking 20, 20 minute drive, 20 plus here. minutes from my house. And so, you know, that's almost an hour of driving there and back. And that's a, a chunk out of my day when I'm trying to be husband and dad and entrepreneur and then, you know, fucking do my own thing. And so, uh, you know, for me, that's where I kept getting hung up because, you know, at 150 bucks a month. You know, for me, like if, if I was going in, you know, four days a week, that's not, not the, you know, that's 16, that's like less than 10 bucks a session. Right. You know, so like when you break down the, the math and, and you, you know, that, that's not bad. Um, but for you, like what's going to happen is you can't go in four days a week. Right. Once I go back to work. Right. There's no way I can go in four days a week. Right. So now it becomes like, you know, once a week. Yeah. Once, and, twice a week. Right. And so now you're looking at paying, you know, 30, 40 bucks a session and, and, and are you going to see the same, you know, benefits? I, I'd, I'd say almost assuredly not. Right. Uh, that, um, 
the, yeah, so the, the cost to benefit ratio for you, it's all economics, man. It's funny. Like when you really realize like how much of life comes down to economics and it's all just, you know, opportunity cost. Yeah. And when we, yeah exactly. When we say cost to benefit ratio, not just monetary, but time also. Yeah. 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 So are you going to have the time to do it? Your time's going to be limited. Can your time be better spent other places? Yeah. Are you going to skip jujitsu practice to go do that? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No. And no, so that's no. the, um, so yeah, but I mean, I thought the, the cool thing was that it worked. It does work. You know, I've never known anyone that I, you know, you read shit, you know, whatever, but I've never known anyone personally that I uh, know is tuned into their body and trust enough that has done cryo like you did. And so, uh, and that and the compression. And so like, I was, I'm actually like glad to hear that it works because I think that that message is, yes, it works. Here's, you know, your experience, which is that, you know, you're going to need to be consistent with it and you're going to need to do it like several times a week to really see the, the benefits from it. And so, like you said, like short-term use from, you know, in, uh, injury rehab or, you know, hard training um, periods where you need to be recovering as well as you can between each training session. Um, you know, just knowing that like, okay, that's a legitimate fucking option for that. As opposed to like, eh, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know anyone who's done it. So no, I, I'll test and I'll, I'll be the first to say, yeah, it does. There is benefit to it. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. Yeah. And the, I really like the compression. I like the compression. Those Norma attacks. Dude, I've, I'm teetering. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I'm teetering on buying a set. <laughs> yeah, I really am. Yeah. Because I, because it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, it's not cheap. I think looking at the, like the arm and the leg setup, you're gonna spend like fifteen hundred bucks, you know, roughly. Yeah. Um, but you're gonna have you can use it whenever the fuck you want. You know, so I get home from work, I can use it. Yeah. I'm sitting down reading, you know, I read for a half hour every morning. Boom, put them on, use it. You know, so I, I think the cost to benefit ratio there, I could justify. <laughs> but whether I'm gonna do it's it, not like a visual man, like. <laughs> is it is it do they advise against doing the arms by yourself if you <laughs> if you're gonna do if you if, <laughs> I can see I can see why you asked that question but if you're gonna do the arms by yourself you do one arm at a time oh okay that's the that's the answer that's the answer I can just see because if you do both arms at, at once, you, and you're you, pretty fucking helpless until it's done. You're pretty helpless. Yeah, the house caught on fire. You had to itch your nose. You're kind of fucked. I mean, anything. Dude. Well, yeah, because yeah, if you do your arms, both arms at the same time, you can't read. No, because you can't. Yeah. I mean, you can if you muscle the, the things in to bring your right. arms in, but it's hard on the equipment. Like there's little valves and shit. Yeah. You know, to where the air hoses go in, and you'll start breaking them and stuff. It's obviously just not intelligent. Uh, so yeah you just you gotta do one arm at a time if you do it by yourself okay I mean I'm probably not gonna buy one buy a set but I, I thought about it yeah because they I do notice a difference man because out of all the fucking shit I do mm-hmm. I go in and my arm like my legs will be smoked or my arms from all the goddamn pull ups I just incessantly do <laughs> yeah. all day long like I go in and do that compression on, on top of the cryo like it feels good man huh. it, it gets rid of the soreness yeah and I can go right back to training that's interesting it's nice yeah, because I could like write it off as a investment for the Catalyst Training Center, charge people, not you, but people, um, use to use them. Yeah, that'd be good. I don't know if anyone in Fruta has them. That'd be like an interesting 
Anyways, whatever. I'm creating Still jobs good. for myself. I can't help myself. <laughs> Anyways, the well, it's it's interesting you say that because one of the things that I've really done a lot of since the last uh, recovery episode is um, banded stretching, and not necessarily using bands for stretching, but like anchoring a band to something and then using that to stretch. So you know, anchoring a band to the wall and then you know uh, grabbing it and doing my chest stretch that way or, or doing my lat stretch and so I've got you know the chest stretch the lat stretch um I've got one where I like I turn around and the, you know like this you know pulling my arm down uh-huh. like this towards the wall and it, you know it's oh, so good for opening up that uh the the neck and the trap and then I've got uh two of them two heavy ones you know uh, laced up to my uh, chin-up bar and so I'm able to get around my back and then also do a get around my hips and turn around and do like a down dog position and I'll go through like my bear squats and stuff from there and uh, man since I've been doing that stuff it that has made a really marked difference in my soreness like I don't wake up as sore nearly as sore um, I used to have like some SI pain. It's funny, like I was telling my, you know, my chiropractor Nick, like when I tell people like I don't have low back pain, it's really a lie. I, I wake up in the morning and my SI joint's a little stiff and it's you know a little uncomfortable to bend over. But after you know 10, 15 minutes, things warm up and then everything's fine and I'm able to go through the rest of my day and it doesn't bother me. And so, you know, it's not 100% true. But, and that's what actually got me doing the band and stretching was my low back was kind of tweaking out on me a little bit. And so, uh, yeah, that's like gone. Like my SI joint is, I wake up in the mornings and it trips me out, man. I wake up and I bend over and it's like, there's, you know, so I can feel a little stiffness, but there's no pain at all. And, and so that like, it, it's interesting because the compression sleeves and what the bands do is is kind of similar, similar yeah. with as far as like expanding the joint space like the compression is like compressing the muscles and so it's doing some different stuff but that one of the things that it's definitely doing is expanding like really like you know lengthening the the joint space and the muscles and the fascia um and so you know that's something that you just with the banded stretching you just don't get that from any other method of stretching like the bands do something extremely unique as far as providing that traction element along with the uh that's what it like traction like that lengthening and so you get that traction as well as the 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 stretching aspect of it and so for me that's made a huge difference like doing those stretches every day and it doesn't take long you know i'm spending way less time actually doing those just doing that, a few those few banded stretches, a handful of banded stretches takes me like ten fucking minutes to go through them, and then it's you know, feel great. So yeah, there's something to that traction, like whether you're getting it through compression, whether you're getting it through the the banded stretching, like there's you can even do it. I like to do it with like the, some stick mobility drills. You know, mm-hmm. using that that big orange stick I got, or just a broomstick. Yeah, you could do some. You kind of get into that same traction type. Yeah, yeah, you can find some some positions that, yeah. that do that, but that, yeah, the the traction. There's something, definitely something there. I think to uh, to improving mobility and 
decreasing joint space or increasing the joint space. Cause that's the other thing I feel like on the mats, like my mobility has increased, which is interesting cause I'm, I'm pretty mobile already. I mean, it, I'm no one, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not stiff. I can fucking invert. I don't like to, but, uh, it's not like smashing my neck or anything. So, um, but I have definitely noticed since I started doing that band of stretching, like especially my hips and my ability to, um, pull them in like, like my knees in even tighter to my, uh, shoulders and then, you know, throwing my legs around and getting into like fucking pretzel guard things. It's, it's interesting, man. I feel every once in a while I, uh, I throw my leg around and I'm like, dude, this is what Randy feels like. Like someone's <laughs> almost past my guard, man. And that top <laughs> leg fucking bloop, threads its way in somewhere. And it's like, no, not so fast, my friend. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so it not not only feeling better, but the performance, the increase in mobility. So um, yeah, big fan of the band and stretching. But yeah, the compression's got me curious. Yeah. I'm gonna try that like on a on a long term basis. So Keely's shaking her head right now, doing the math already. So yeah, you guys can write it off though. No, I know. Have to wait a little bit. Had to buy some maces and shit for the facility to get it open. <laughs> Got to get some clients in there first. To pay for the yeah. normal text. Start paying for stuff. No, I, I've found benefit too. And, you know, I'll test to... So I was talking about, like, I thought I might have almost pulled my hamstring. I basically just overworked it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think it was yesterday. Like, I didn't, like, strain it. I didn't do much lifting with it. You know, I did, like, tw- I hit, like, I was on the bike for, like, 20 minutes to get good warm up. And then I just spent like a half hour doing mobility stretching and just kind of took it easy. And then again, last night I spent, I did like a 20 minute stretch routine while I was watching some Westworld. Oh, I got to tell you, remind me, just remind, just say Westworld. Westworld. After we, just right. say Westworld after we get done with this. Okay. Uh, I spent like another 20, 30 minutes stretching while I was watching an episode of Westworld. And dude, that's so beneficial to recovery is, especially the older we get, it's, you know, strength training and, you know, being strong and, having good endurance yeah it's all good and fun but man keeping your mobility up is so important yeah that's the fountain of youth man it is it really is it really is you got it and the older you get the more time you got to spend doing that yeah you can't fucking ignore that no it becomes priority number one it does everything else becomes secondary you got to maintain the strength and the muscle mass and you know work on those things but if you're doing it at the expense of mobility it's definitely you're putting the wrong things up front yeah but uh yeah no it's uh good what the fuck else oh um contrast training that's something i started doing as i mentioned a little bit earlier like doing super hot baths and i'm not talking like a hot bath i'm talking like barely can stand it can. barely can stand it like illegal in a hot tub in a hotel right. like right. It, and so you know you work your way up and but to like it is fucking super hot because i thought it like you know saunas are such a you know big thing and, and it's just heat, you know? And so the, the, I was thinking the water, I mean, it conducts temperature better than the air, right? So it's like, you know, the, the cold water, you're, you're seeping, it's like, yeah. Anyways, that makes sense, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would think like the opposite would be true with the heat. Like hot water would be even harder for your body to, it would have to work even harder to get rid of heat. And so, and so anyways, the, 
So doing that and then doing the cold shower and really got what got me thinking. I've been doing the hot baths for a while. Like I like that. But my problem is I'd get out sometimes and it's like a running joke, man. I'd come out in the living room and I'd be fucking crumpled on the floor with a fan on me and kill. It'd be it's like so hard to get your body temperature back. Yeah, up, man. Yeah. She's like, dude, you cook yourself again? And I'm like, Ooh, almost, <laughs> yeah. almost. I mean, again, it's not comfortable, uh-huh. but man, it feels. I can definitely tell like the difference. And you put an Epsom salt in there also. You know, I don't, I, I don't do that as much. I love. See, I do. I almost always, if I'm just soaking a hot bath, yeah. I almost always put Epsom salt. In see, there. I do it so much that I'm just. I, I don't have Epsom salt around. I just got in the habit of doing it. The, the move there is you can buy like. 25 pound bags or 50 pound bags on Amazon. Okay. It's pretty cheap. Okay. And that's. Listen to Kelly. That's yeah, the move. That's the move. All right. Yeah, for Amazon products, free shipping. Yeah. Buy 50 pound bag, add some salt. Boom, okay. Just throw it into your house. That'll, yeah. That's what Yeah, you that's do. the one thing I don't. I don't. Because uh, you go buy the like one or two pound bags from fucking Sprouts or something. Yeah. That shit gets expensive. Yeah. And you burn through it super fast. Yeah, yeah. Now, that cost of benefit ratio. No, I was like, it wasn't it wasn't good enough. Buy a big me. twenty five to fifty pound bag okay. on Amazon. That's the call. That's the move. So I'll start adding that in. But it was actually uh and the thing is too is I hate I hate cold. I hate the fucking cold training. Like I just have to admit, I tried it, man. I did the whole twenty one day cold shower challenge. Man, I went months taking a fucking cold shower. Remember? Like I was in the whole thing. And uh God damn it, man. The only thing I learned from that is I really hate it. It just, it never got, just whatever, I, I can deal with heat way better than I can deal with cold. And, uh, and, and so, but I knew that I was missing out on some benefits with it. And so I was listening to um, Laird Hamilton on Joe Rogan and he was talking about how they cook their saunas. And he's talking about like, dude, the ice feels so good. And he's like, the hotter the hot, the, the better the cold is. And the colder you can go and the longer you can stand it. And the colder the cold, the better the heat feels. And I was like, yeah, that makes perfect fucking sense. Duh. And so, yeah, I started doing that. I'll cook myself and then just jump out and hang out in this cold shower for a minute or two. And then I, I can't I stand that. that. I like, do that pretty regularly, man. You know, you know what the move is, too? So I got two, a couple little hacks. So so you can stay in the water even hotter. Yeah. And so you kick your bathtub on and you get it pretty hot. Yeah. You, know, you check it with your hand or whatever. Yeah. Boom, plug the drain. And jump in. Right oh, that's away. what I do. I do. So that way you're not stepping into a right. tub full of super right. hot water. Right, yes. And like, dude, I got the water running hot enough to like, because my feet are down by the fucking sticky. <laughs> so where the water hitting my feet hurts. You yes. know what I mean? Like that water's fucking hot. That's man. how I know, man. I'm checking the water with my yeah. hand and it's like, ooh, okay, that's warm. Yeah. yeah. But then you get in, you can bump it up a little bit hotter. You can bump it up to the point where you're almost burning yourself. Right? Yeah. You just get that fucker hot. And you're sitting there, you know, however long you want to, 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever the fuck it is. It starts cooling off, right? Well, then the move is, boom, you can't open your drain, let that water start draining, kick your shower on as cold as it can go, and you're, so now you're sitting in the fucking hot water, it's, it cooled off a little bit, but it's still pretty hot, yeah. and you got that cold water, as cold as it can go, fucking hitting you, so, and then you, as that water goes out, you just, the cold water's still coming down on you, Fuck, it's such a good contrast, yeah. and that way you can have that thing cranked as cold as you want, and it sucks a little bit, but it's not terrible. It's not like cranking it as cold as you can and stepping into it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a pussy way to do it, but you're still getting the contrast. Yeah. Out of it. Uh, that's yeah. that's I do that all quite a bit. Nice. And sometimes I'll cycle back and forth. Like I'll sit in a hot hot tub for 20 minutes, drain the water, kick that shower on as cold as it can go, and cool off to where my body temperature's back down. Boom, soak again for another 20 yeah. minutes in the hot. And yeah. Well, I got that because I got that walk-in shower and my tub are separate. separate. So you, you go back. So and forth, yeah, right? I just I jump back and forth a couple times yeah. and uh, watch Gordon Ryan videos and 
go, God damn it, dude, this guy's fucking killing me with all this info. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, that contrast has been good. That I, I'm glad I came, like I started doing that because I'm I finish off with the cold and yeah, 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 yeah so much more tolerable. So it's just yeah, you don't feel like I'm gonna fucking die. You do when like yeah, if you don't finish off with the cold, you get out of the tub. It's like, you're so dehydrated, man. Like lightheaded. Like you can't think straight. Yeah. You, you feel like your insides are cooked. I just gotta get the fuck out of that bathroom yeah. and just yeah. get in front of a fan. And, and yeah. it doesn't even help. You're still sweating. You're in front of the fan. Like God damn it, this is fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no. So that's been. Uh, but yeah, that heat, man. Heat and cold. But I like that. Like if you don't like one, it's okay, man. I would say most people probably have a preference one over the other. Right. And uh, you know, I don't know what it is. I've always been able to like withstand heat better like running and biking and heat that other people are like man, fucking dying in and so uh but yeah use the contrast training so you can get advantages of both yeah that's what i did this week you know to help with this hamstring you know i did my mobility i did epsom salt soak in the in the cold shower yeah and again spent some more time in mobility and dude that's good and that thing feels like a million bucks today yeah doesn't fucking hurt at all so. Yeah, man, that's like so much recovery is just like it's intelligent uh, proactivity. Yeah, like being intelligently proactive. That, that's all it is. It's not rocket science. It's like you listen know, to your body, pay yeah. attention. Listen to your body. Yeah, keep paying attention to what you're doing, and yeah, responding appropriately. I mean, I was uh, it's funny. Shiloh today we went running and we were we were talking afterwards, and I was like, I realized because we've been on that car trip. And so, you know, she's sitting in the car for four hours on Tuesday, four hours on Wednesday. You know, we're not being super active. And so there's just a lot more sitting around and stuff than we normally do. And, you know, it's she's just not trained the to be like, oh, I'm sitting around more. I need to move and stretch more. I need to be proactive about it. And so uh, we got back and we went doing our sprints today. And I could just, I could just see in the way that she was running. It just did not look the same way it did last week when she had been doing all of her mobility and you know we hadn't had all that sitting around. And she just I could see her arms starting to cross again and she was having trouble keeping her, you know, posture and you could see how it was affecting her running. And so it didn't dawn on me until like, you know, we were talking about it afterwards and I was like, you know, well that's that's what it was. Like you have to be proactive about this stuff. Like, oh, I'm sitting around a bunch I'm going to have to stretch a little more than usual. And again, it's hard, man. That's really kind of all recovery is, is just trying to be intelligently proactive, not wait for something to break. And then try to fix it. And then try to fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Preventative maintenance. Just like you on your car, man. Getting oil changed, tire rotated. Yeah. Keep staying ahead of it. You're not just, you don't just fucking run into the ground, wait for something to go wrong. Right. And then try to remedy it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you got uh, Morpheus coming. Yep, I'm so, excited for that. Yeah, recovery track. I can't remember if I had had that last time we uh, did the recovery. I think it may have <clears throat> been kind of the catalyst as to why we talked about it. Yeah, Could yeah, be. it may have been. I may have just Maybe. gotten it. But I've been using it consistently since last November is when I got it. And so uh, quite a while. And it's I, I, it, it's made a difference. I mean, I eventually convinced you to get it through just talking about how much it's helped. Um, but yeah, just having... Uh, using technology like heart rate recovery uh, or heart rate variability. I think that's one of those things in like, you know, 10 years, 
it's everyone, you know, if you're an athlete, you probably know like what your, you know, resting heart rate is and your blood pressure and like some basic uh, things. And, you know, I think like heart rate variability is just going to be one of these things that is just a standard measurement that people are, uh, are, are tracking um, because it's so easy to, to use. And then again, you can be intelligently proactive with your training instead of just waiting for the wheels to fall off to uh and then, make adjustments. And then trying to make adjustments yeah but it's been yeah it's, it, i i i'm glad you got it man I'm, I'm really curious to get your impressions of it after you've had a chance to use it for a few months but yeah it's that new one that's coming out it's not supposed to ship out until like august yeah the M, so it'll be M5. be another month or two before i get to yeah the wrist play with it yeah yeah it'll be the new wrist uh monitor one but um yeah i'd quit using my Fitbit so I don't track all that shit through Fitbit with it and but hardly very and you know I, on that note though I, I do think the Fitbit can be a good tool for people to realize how little they are moving yeah you know if you have an office job you're stuck in a fucking cubicle all day and you don't do much else like you'd be surprised at how little you're moving. You know, you, you slap a Fitbit on and see that you're only walking like 2,000 steps a day or 3,000 steps a day. Yeah. It, it'd be good for you. I mean, it's not something you got to wear for the rest of your life. It's just like tracking your food. It's kind, of, it's kind of the same thing. Right. It's not something you need to do all the time. Yeah. Do it once in a while. Like, oh shit, this is getting away from me a little bit. Let's adjust. Yeah. And so I think there's some benefit to it. I do too. You see the thing, for me, if I wore a watch, I'd wear my Fitbit. I don't wear a watch. I don't run on white man's time. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, so for me, wearing a Fitbit was an adjustment. Like that's mm-hmm. something I don't usually wear a watch. So it wasn't just swapping out what I usually do for something new. So if you wear a watch, I'd totally wear a Fitbit. I think that, well, why not? Like, yeah, you're getting that data, you know, yeah, for people uh, who, who don't have opportunities to move as much yeah you got to be conscious of it because it's easy to get to the end of the day at six o'clock in the evening and you fucking check and you're like dude 1500 steps like what's going on here and and uh that allows you to be proactive as well with uh with moving because yeah you're, you're right man just general movement is super important like i think that walking is i would you can overdo it just like anything but i think that uh a certain amount of walking and moving around every day is part of recovery. Yep. Like movement is medicine. It's it's kind of a and that's a big thing. We talk. We've said that a million times on here. You know, we talk about recovery, and if you're dealing with an injury or just general recovery from training, moving is so much more beneficial than just laying around and not doing anything. Yeah. So much better, dude. You're gonna recover so much better. Have an active recovery day, and you can still quote unquote work out on that active recovery day but you're not fucking out there setting records yeah you're maybe getting your heart rate up a little bit break a little sweat I like to break a little sweat but I'm not killing myself have you got the high performance recovery training template yet mm-hmm. no I'll have to give it to you it's part of the BioForce yeah he's you know I gotta you know what maybe I did yeah. when I made the when I made the purchase you probably came, did it but came with just, some other shit yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked at it yet yeah. I, you know it seems like, now that you say that I think that it did come with some other documents that I could fucking look at yeah. I didn't really pay attention to it. So I'll, I'll tell you Westworld and you tell me okay. high performance recovery training template. Okay. Right. Remember that. <laughs> no, because it, basically what he's done, you know, that's, um, you know, Joel's whole thing. Joel Jameson, he's the guy behind the original BioForce and now um, 
Morpheus eight weeks out is his uh, MMA training company. But yeah, that recovery, um, you know, things a, a big part of it. And so what he's done is created recovery workouts. And I, I love it because he gives it the name high performance recovery training. Don't you want to do high performance recovery training? Of course. Fucking A, buddy. You know what I mean? But if you're just telling, hey, man, it's an off day or, you know, do a recovery day, it's like, ah. Well, he's smart enough because he knows some hard charging MMA athlete. Yep. You tell him to take an off day, he's like, fuck you. Yep. I got to train today. Yeah, if you throw the word high performance on the front of anything, it's kind of like assault, assault air bike. Yeah. Salt fucking whatever. Yeah, throw salt on the front salt of it. It sounds runner. cooler. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing, man. But, yeah, the high-performance recovery training template is basically his, like what you're saying. It's like recovery days don't mean sitting around doing nothing. You do need to do something, and but it needs to be very you know low intensity. Like that's the thing. Like you want to move, but not so much that you start to force your body to have to actually recover from what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, he has a whole little, it's, it's, you know, nothing. It's, you know, warming up, doing some uh, breathing, uh, some, um, you know, a few heavy, it has like one set or two sets of, uh, you know, moderately heavy deadlifts, just something to stimulate the certain, you know, the nervous system. So there's, there's stuff there. So you'll like it. Like I, I need to get it to you because it'll, I think that like that structure, um, because again, I, I could be wrong, but I, I always assume that left to your own devices, you're probably going to test the waters of how much is too much. Mm-hmm. So having a having a template is to that you can uh, work from. I think you'll you'll like because it'll give you a lot of uh, room to work. Hey man, I'm stuff. getting smarter in my old age. Dude, you are man. And you know, it's when I was like I said just this past week, and I was fucked up the other day, and I thought I might hurt myself. I knew I didn't, but I knew I was borderline. If I if I kept my same path every day, yeah, I was gonna pull something. And so you know, I got a heart rate monitor. And so when I jumped on the rower, I was like, all right, I'm gonna row four thousand meters today. You know, it takes seventeen minutes, or whatever, on the average. I can track my heart rate. And boom, as soon as it was getting above like one thirty, like all right, man, I don't need to be going any harder. Yeah, just boom, yeah. dude. I could see that. And I could just back off a little bit. Just kept it, you know, one twenty, one thirty. If I started yep. creeping up towards one forty, like all right, it's a little too much. Back off. A yeah. Little bit. And it's that's another tool. Yeah. Too is having a heart rate monitor while you're. Yeah, that's actually part of the one of the things that he recommends is like doing like intervals, mm-hmm. but just like you said, like you're keeping it. You want to get just to the top end of your recovery range. And that's right. the cool thing with the Morpheus. Um, app is they give you a heart rate range based on where your recovery is that day and so you know it's uh yeah it gives you a a goal or i guess kind of some guidelines but it's basically the same thing like you're saying like you have to keep it below a certain level or it's gonna become so hard that your body has to recover from it and now it's not recovery training you're you're training and so, yeah, that's, that's where people get fucked up. They spend too much time in the gray zone. Like, their easy days are too hard, and their hard days aren't really as hard as they think they are. Mm-hmm. And they're just stuck in this moderate gray zone. And, uh, yeah, got to get something to break them out. So, so, yeah. Anything else in recovery? Salt bass, contrast, mobility. Yeah. Listen to your body. Yeah, use technology. I mean, there's other heart rate you know, variability, uh, measuring apps and stuff out there. 
Um, yeah, there's like, like the Aura Ring and uh, yeah, yeah. There's, a bunch of there's other options. There's other ones. I, yeah, the Morpheus is the one that I prefer. And like I said, just knowing Joel, I mean, he's the dude's a mad fucking genius when it comes to conditioning stuff. So I'm like, I'll uh, I'll go with him. He's just he's been working. He had he forked out the money for the original Omega Wave machine. Like those things cost over ten grand. Like that was the the whole heart rate variability thing was originally developed for um, the cosmonauts in the Russian space program, and so yeah, it, it it wasn't that long ago. Like when you first started hearing about heart rate variability, it was this legendary thing, right? It was like, wait a minute, you can just hook up a person to this machine, and it will tell you, like what kind of training they need to do that day and where their aerobic fitness is. Like, it sounded like goddamn voodoo magic when it first, you know, because they weren't explaining. It wasn't like heart rate variability. No one knew what this shit was. You just heard about this machine. It was real popular in uh, Europe with soccer teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, ooh, European soccer teams have this machine that they hook them up to. And it's just, like, okay, whatever. And uh, But yeah, he was one of the few guys in the U.S. to fork out the fucking money to get an Omega Wave machine. And so he's literally been studying HRV and using this stuff since, like, yeah, like when that was it. And, like, almost no one in the U.S. was using HRV in that Omega Wave because it was so fucking expensive. And so now it's, you know, a lot more readily available. So, and people know about it. But, you know, that's why, that's why I go with him and his shit. Cause I'm like, that dude, if anyone knows what's going on with HRV and how it impacts, like, real training. Uh, especially for combat sport athletes and stuff, like it's that dude. So I'll go with his shit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting it. Yeah, hopefully it ships out sooner than expected. But yeah, I'm actually going to his because uh, I took his BioForce certification course a couple years ago, and uh, so as part of that, he has a yearly summit or just a free workshop day. And so yeah, I'm going out to that in September in Seattle. Never been to Seattle, so. Yeah, it's supposed to be a pretty cool place. Yeah, that's what I've heard, man. I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to going, but it'll be fun. Just you know, go meet some other, because I'll be BioForce certified fitness, fitness people. Nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are all kind of into the same uh, nerd, not on the same shit, and uh, but yeah, looking forward to that. See what I come back with. He's getting some speakers and stuff lined up, so that's cool. It'll be interesting, and so yeah, there you go. That's all I got. That's all I got too. So yeah. Westworld. Westworld. Have you watched it? Mm-hmm. It's a good show. Do you know what you know what it is? Yeah, yeah. It was an old movie. Yeah, it was an old movie, but yeah. it, it, HBO did a series. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. They're, they've got two seasons coming out. Yep. The third one here pretty soon. Yep. Have you watched it yet? Nah, I haven't. It's fucking good, dude. Too, it's, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. But the reason I wanted to bring it up to you, so most people <laughs> listen to this have probably watched it, but in case they haven't, the very it's this fake world full of fucking robots that you can barely distinguish that are they're called host and it's like an amusement park rich people pay they go to this amusement park it's set in like the wild west and you can go there and just be a fucking delinquent and murder and rape and kill all these hosts it doesn't matter they're just robots you kill them they recycle and put them back in the the storyline and you're good to go right Story goes, the hosts start becoming smarter and smarter, and now the hosts start revolting. <laughs> is how this, and that's where it gets into kind of at the end of season one. That's sort of what was happening. Season two is just building on that. 
well, there's another world that they didn't show at all in the first season. And it, it's like old samurai days. And it's like on the other end of the amusement park. It's for people who didn't think the Wild West was fucking wild enough. You could go into the old samurai days. And they got a Musashi character. No way. Yeah. And they got he Musashi. Is, and he's a badass. Nice. He is in there fucking shit up, dude. So they got Musashi in the in the Asian part of the fucking the Westworld oh, amusement man. park. And dude, I because I didn't know. I because I mean, season one and two have been out for a while now, and I knew season three was coming up. I was like, oh, I want to get caught up. So I kind of blazed through season one. It was one of those things I saw it, and so I would I would sit down and watch it, but I just kind of have it on in the background, kind of get me caught up. I've been watching season two recently, just this past week. And that's when they went into the fighting the samurais and shit. And then all of a sudden, Sashi shows up. I was like, no shit. Dude. I was all excited. <laughs> I almost called you. It was like 10 o'clock one night, 10, 11 o'clock one night this week. I was watching. I was like, fuck, I got to call James. He's like, oh, James hasn't watched Westworld yet. <laughs> I was like, they got Musashi in here. I had no idea. That's funny. Yeah. But they're just, uh, that's interesting. So now it's kind of like Game of Thrones, where it's now a uh, series loosely based on the Westworld concept. Yes. Yeah. Because now they're in Eastworld. Yeah, and now (laughs) they have left Eastworld again. I think that part of it's kind of done. And now they're dealing with more like the Lakota tribe and some more Native American, very Indian type deal. Yeah. It jumps all over. It's loosely based on the original Westworld. That's funny, man. I remember that movie. I I don't. I I think it freaked me out as a kid or something. This show will fuck you up. This show is good, dude. I vividly remember, man. I remember the show ended because the... The lead bad guy robot, uh, cowboy dude, was trying to get out, mm-hmm. and they had to stop him because if he got out, then who knows what, who knows what was gonna happen? That's right? all. He's this whole disappear. show is about. And yeah. so, and just them chasing him down and like the like the tunnels underneath the amusement park. Same same shit's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, I, I I don't know why, man. Like I vividly remember them fucking chasing that dude down and they're like he cannot get out like this shit is gonna be fucking terrible yeah. so that's basically the same shit's going on here but all the hosts are teaming up yeah and they're trying to take over the park and then that way they can get out and blah 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 yeah like, it's pretty badass huh cool but I was pretty like I said I was pumped that they had Musashi in there yeah and he is what you would expect a Musashi cyborg robot to be that's good I'm glad they did the character they did it pretty justice they did pretty good justice yeah That'd be a good biography for you to read. Musashi? Yeah, he's got some good... Uh, there's a couple good books out there. Is there? On his, Beyond uh, the Book of Five Rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, like books histories, about him, like actually. biographies. I thought like, about uh, that. Yeah, it's, that's what I might get into next. Is I was either going to read something about Musashi, especially after seeing him on Westworld. Mm-hmm. It kind of spawned that. It's like, oh, yeah. I can read about that guy. Or I thought about reading about the Mongols. Some Genghis Khan. The Mongols are good. I read the what was it? I read one of the history books on Genghis Khan. It was probably after listening to the Mongol episode right. on fucking hardcore history, and uh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a crazy story. All that shit. You're trying to wrap your mind around like some dude who come from some tiny little tribe in some backwoods corner of the world. Fuck! How do you go and become an emperor of the world? Like it, it's it's like mind boggling. We try and think about what uh, some of these motherfuckers accomplished, but yeah, man, you like Musashi? His uh, his fucking history is so badass, dude. I've read a little bit about him. 
you know, besides the Book of Five Rings, there was some. I did read something about about him. I can't remember what I read now off the top of my head. There's a famous uh, novel right. called Musashi that's based on. It's like a history drama. You know, it's like based on his his historical biography, but it's definitely a a, a dramatized version of it. Right, and um, that's and, really good. I, I like that. It's fucking thick. Okay, I haven't read that one. Yeah, it, it's it's good. Yeah, I got on a whole Musashi kick for a bit there. I was reading everything I could get my hands on about him. I mean, what do you say about a motherfucker that like shows up and carves a sword out of an oar and fucks people up? Fucks people up. Yeah, like he was fighting with a wooden sword. Literally took on like a gang. It, it, it's just yeah, legendary shit, man. Like there's badasses and there's Musashi. So, yeah. I guess we can leave it on that note. Leave it on that note. Leave it on that note. Try to be Musashi. <laughs> Try to be Musashi. That's right. All right. See you guys. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. They shoes, what? no trace of the tools Shaped into face, fuck the rules Snooze, you lose One eye always open, it times two No clue, but soon a brief monsoon Might give you a view to choose Stay tuned, include, won't conclude To the end is near beware There's consequences, but what you do To me, demon The devil of many levels I keep on beating For several of them rebels Me, myself, he died Myself, he died